Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, finally, welcome to Desert Island Games, episode four. <laughs> I think it's episode four on the Retro Online Network. I'm your host, John, aka GL76 Gaming, and the guest today is one half of the two fat bastards, Chris Shank. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hello. Are you sure you didn't <laughs> mention that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It also is. Appreciate it. Well, of course, um, you're a great YouTuber in your own right, not just one half of the Two Fat Bastards, um, excellent YouTubers, um, and I think I've been following you since you had about 70 or 80 subscribers, so I think you're, what are you up to now, 250 odd? Yeah, actually, I was saying the other night, I started about a year ago at this time, um, and I think I've just passed 260 or something like that, so... Slowly but surely, you know, I am I'm terrible at being a retro on them. I never put my videos up on retro on them, so I'm going to make an effort to do more of that. Cool. Before we get into it as well, um, I've, we've actually got a very special surprise guest with us walking in the background as well. I'm excited that Mr. Harry himself is here. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Harry. I'm hijacking this stream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Harry will be here with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions um, on call. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the Austrian beefcake will be here. <laughs> it's good to have Harry here because, of course, Harry was the first ever guest on Desert Island Games back in the day. Yes, that on the On the YouTube days. Uh, in those housing days. When we were all younger. Yes. Don't talk to me about age. <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, Chris would like me to say or not, but he's going to be 30 soon, aren't you? The big yeah, next Sunday. Oh, next Sunday, yeah. is it? Oh, yeah, many happy returns. National Yorkshire Pudding Day. I've asked my wife if she'll give me, you know, a, and she said only if I put a Yorkshire pudding gravy and peas on it. Oh, well. <laughs> Everyone's got their own little fetishes. <laughs> Did you ask for beans as well? With beans on a Yorkshire pudding? What? Is, yes, is it's fantastic. Thing, Harry? Try it, yes. 
We have it a lot here in the northwest. Right, so... Really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> nah, not really. I made that up. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was too, too keen to get into it there. I must say, um, as professional as I always am, I didn't know how to get that music to stop at the start. I thought it was automatically going up, so... Oh, I was enjoying it. It, it was good up to a point, wasn't it? And then it kind of got a bit samey. I was having a little dance. As you do. <laughs> yeah, so was I. But the, the floor was starting to cave in, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that feeling, buddy. We all know that feeling. <laughs> anyway, um, so as most of us know by now, and, and used two guys to certainly know, but I've had a few American guests on in the past, and I say it's based on the famous Desert Island Disc Show on Radio 2, and they all go with the walk. <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm sure you guys hopefully know familiar with Desert Island Discs, uh, which is currently presented by Kirsty Young, I believe, uh, or Scott, for friends. And on that show, you get to pick eight records that you of your choice to go if you're stranded on a desert island and one lot and one book but I've also changed it to 8 retro games hence named desert island games so who's making all that <laughs> Harry is that uh, you Harry. Harry what no. are you doing nothing Wait, Harry's trying to sabotage the show <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop typing. Sorry, I get the message. Sorry. Oh, was <laughs> it yes? Multiple things. Oh, oh, it was me. <laughs> I knew you were going to be sorry. trouble. I knew you were going to be trouble for Shanks. Ah, uh, sorry. Before we get into the, the <laughs> before before we get into the games, I was going to ask you. Um, obviously, a Shanks not your your real surname. Um, no. So where, where does it come? Where does this come from, a Shanks? I'm curious. Uh, when I was young, I used to, um, I'm a big, big fan of, um, uh, quick fantasy and, uh, fantasy in general. So stuff like, um, Terry Pratchett's good. And I like, um, uh, there's a, a quite a few now, you know, the, the stuff, you know, the hero and the ultimate heroic ending and stuff like that. Um, so I used to write a, a few short stories. They're absolutely awful. And I've made sure there's no record of them ever now. But um, one of my one of the characters in there was called a shanked. And when I started playing World of Warcraft, the first guy that I sort of decided to be a troll rogue was called a shanked. Right. And so that's that. It's just always since then. And, and a lot of my friends call me Ash um, in real life because I've known them from Warcraft. So I actually met my wife playing World of Warcraft. Oh. Um, it's got a lot to answer for. Uh, <laughs> and as a result, we've had uh, two children together. So yeah. Can't be bad. Can't all Warcraft, be bad. Warcraft children, then. Uh, I also... Warcraft children, yeah. <laughs> Did you call your kids after anybody in Warcraft? <laughs> no, but my daughter's named after one of the snowboarders in SSX. Excellent. Hey. Which, which one's that? Yeah, which one's that? Ah. Uh, the pink head. Uh, it's a handy-dandy face plan, that one. Um, and then my son is his full name is Nathaniel, and he's named after uh, Nathaniel in Last of the Mohicans. So, were these 
were these your choices, or was it a joint effort between yourself and your wife? Uh, joint effort, yeah. I mean, Zoe's uh, middle name, her, her full name is Zoe Ophelia Erin, and then her surname. So her initials also spell out Zoe. Ah. There you go. Very, very clever indeed. Indeed. But, uh, one of your eight games is uh, unfortunately not SSX, for all enough. It's not, no, it was um, it was my wife's favourite game. And it was also, I think I got her the, when I first started going out with her, the latest version of SSX at the time, uh, which was tricky, I believe. SSX tricky. Uh, I also met my wife online, but it wasn't playing World of Warcraft, it was just a normal chat room. Um, it was funny because I, I just went on, because uh, one of my mates moved down to London, and it was back before we had Facebook or anything like that, and the cheapest way we could communicate with each other was <laughs> to go to chat rooms. So I, I've never liked chat rooms, I was just on there to talk to, talk to my pal, and I ended up talking to what became, or who became my was it, uh, future um, wife. Was it like a Java chat, or was it an RC chat? It was a, like a Java chat, I think it was, um, what was it called? I think it might have just have been called chat, not too sure. Did you say the infamous ASL? Uh, I think she might have. And I, I yeah, got a photograph, and it was love at first sight. We didn't, we didn't exchange photographs. We met um, without exchanging photographs. No. Well, a bit of a risk that. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want you to take the risk of her seeing photograph. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent her a photograph of Peter Griffin. Yes. No, because, well, because at that time I hadn't, I hadn't even um, heard of Family Guy. I didn't get into Family Guy until about four or five years ago. Anyway, we're getting off the topic matter, so I'm going to get into to Chris's, <laughs> Chris's eight games. Uh, and as always, I'm just going to do these in, in order I'm giving them. I, I don't know if they're yeah, in particular sure. order. So uh, the first one you've picked is Tetris on the Game Boy. Uh, I believe That's it's right. come out in 1990. So, I what thought you, that. Uh, I think it, well, I was going to say um, my research tells me that it was actually designed and programmed by Alexei Pajidnov in the Soviet Union. Pajidnov, yeah. And it was released uh, in 1984. But um, in terms of the Game Boy game, that came out in 1990 in the UK, I think. Yeah. Was it that late? I thought yeah. it was before that. Well, I think it was nineteen eighty nine in Japan. In Japan, I think Michael got it nineteen eighty nine. But then again, I, I am relying mm-hmm. on Wikipedia, so <laughs> you take that with a pinch of salt. So, what is it about uh, Tetris? Yeah, quite right. It was it, sorry. It was nineteen eighty nine for the Game Boy, although it was out in the nineteen eighties on home computer platforms and the, the arcades. But ah, Tetris yeah. became popular because it was bundled with the Game Boy, wasn't it? Indeed, yeah. I, I, I was just referring specifically to the Game Boy version, but it's come out in Yeah, no. I mean, Tetris is such just such a classic game that you can pick it up. I mean, I've got, I've got my SP here on the desk in front of me, and I can slot Tetris in, and I know I'll be fine for ages. Similarly, um, I've got it on the 3DS, and I've got a game called Tetris Worlds on the PlayStation 1. There was a Super Scope version on the SNES... You know, the, the amount of variations of Tetris must um, almost 
be up there with the amount of Mario games. Do you know what I mean? There's just so, so many. Um, but it's ones that you can pick up and you feel like you could just play for a couple of hours. You know, and it, it doesn't matter. You can lose yourself for a couple of hours in a game of Tetris. It's featured in so many things. It's it's just a phenomenal game. And I, I think it, if anybody really sat down and thought about, you know, I'm stuck on a desert island. Holy fuck, what am I going to do? Oh, I know. I'll play some fucking Tetris. Fine. <laughs> it would it wouldn't bore me. Um, you can do a couple of different things with it. So to me, yeah, I just t- Tetris is just fantastic. Yeah, um, I've actually seen a. It's been out in so many formats. I've actually seen a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet version of Tetris. <laughs> it, it, we've got we've got yeah, Sorry, sorry, I was going to say, my own personal favourite version of Tetris was one at a campsite in Devon that we saw when we were on holiday once when I was about 10, and you could get money for completing lines. So if you complete five lines, you get one pound. You complete ten lines, you get two pounds. (laughs) I didn't win anything. Of course, the... um the, uh, the we saw it play Expo, didn't we, Harry? The massive Game Boys. And what were they playing? Oh, yes. Tetris. Tetris, yes, of course. Which makes perfect sense. And of course, you could link your Game Boys then if you had a link table, and you could um, play against other on Tetris. And that that's an element of Tetris that doesn't get explored enough. The um, the link with the blocks that come down and stuff. I love that on my 3DS. I love playing um, competitive Tetris. It's fantastic. So, had you played that game before the Game Boy then, Chris? No, no, oh. I hadn't. Um, I was about six. Of course. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was one when I was eight. Um, so Tetris has been out for a couple of years at that point on the Game Boy. I wanted a Game Boy desperately, um, and I, I realised that it was a cheaper version of gaming. So I thought I can get a couple of games so that I'll be. Um, unknown to me, my parents had seen me play my cousin's much, much older cousin, like 20 years older than me, um, Mega Drive for hours and on, and they got me a Mega Drive and not a Game Boy. Um, but my brother, uh, later on in the year, got a Game Boy, and I was much more interested in playing um, the game. Once I'd completed Sonic, I was much more interested in playing Tetris because it had that replayability. Sonic's great, but yet there's only so many times you can go through Green Hill Zone 1 without it... Um, without it tiring on you, whereas Tetris is a little bit more timeless. They should do a Sonic Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of blocks of just squares, they could have Sonic oh, space. And... They did Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, didn't they? Yeah, I've, I've got that on the um, Sega Mega Drive. Uh, plus, uh, they did, but I always thought that was more closer to... Um, oh, what's... Um, uh, Dr. Mario? Yes. I always thought it was closer to that. And, uh, you know, if they made a Tetris clone, would it not be that much of, that obvious? You know? Yeah. So would you say... There's, there's a whole documentary film on Tetris. Right. I don't know if you've seen that before. And it's all about, like, um, how the guys who made it never really got the right money and stuff like this and how the licensing came about from Nintendo... Um, it's quite an interesting thing. I'm not sure what that is. I'm sure Harry's furtively t- 
puffing away in the background there trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> it seems there's numerous Tetris documentaries. There's one called Ecstasy of Order, mm-hmm. the Tetris Masters, a 2011 American documentary film according to Wikipedia. And I think that's one that called... One. It was quite recent. Right. Tetris that might be Russia it. with Love, I do believe, is the correct one. So, Chris, Which, would you... Uh, has an IMDb rating of 7.4. Not bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. BBC4 produced. Ah. There you go. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Just to yes. give away. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so check it out later. Anyway, uh, would you say that the Game Boy version of Tetris is the ultimate version, or do you think it's been bettered by later versions? From rose-tinted glasses that is nostalgia and is retro gaming, um, the Game Boy version probably is better. There are better versions of it now, but there are only better versions because we all remember the nostalgia of playing Tetris originally. If we played these better versions without playing the original, would they be so good? Mm. Probably not. The the thing about the original is the simplicity of it. Yeah. Although it's been better than all the rest of it, you know, you've got game A, game B. And if you're a smart fucker, you've got a link cable. But you probably haven't, because nobody had those anyway. Um, so, <laughs> realistically, the simplicity of playing a one-player puzzle game, much like um, my nan always used to play cards on the table, used to play solitaire all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I never got it until I played Tetris. I never understood that, that same puzzle game, because it's different every time. But the random generation of which block you're going to get, the the speed at which it increases isn't on um, a uh, isn't on a line, isn't a straight line. It's a curve, so the it becomes harder, much, 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 much quicker. And so you have to time when you're going to go from four line rows down to one or two. So you're not waiting for that straight line block perfectly. Otherwise, you are going to fuck it up. Okay. I think we can move on to your next game then, uh, which is Theme Park, and you've put various various formats. Yeah, the, the Theme Park I was introduced to by a friend who who was a massive PC gamer, um, and I I didn't have a. This was when I would just gone to senior school, so I, was, I guess I was about twelve or thirteen, um, and he was showing me Theme Park, um, and he was like, "Oh, this is." You know, you, you can get up and you, you can build up to a roller coaster and then you can put a greasy burger joint and they'll all be <laughs> sick and stuff. And rah, 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 rah. But it, for me, it was the first real sandbox game I came across. You know, the the, the element of building um, a theme park around it and you put way too much salt in the fries and then you put your, <laughs> your, your yeah. cost to your drinks up and they have to go and get a drink, you yeah. know. Or you make the, um, the prize incredibly expensive but with a 1% chance of winning on the games to make money <laughs> yeah there were all things like this that you sort of learn about the human psyche were there yeah I remember I remember that trick for that time it was very very in depth sorry I remember that trick was the with the salty fries so you can get them to drink more coke <laughs> and it does it does give you lessons in life that's people 
You could play it in a simplified mode where you where the research and development went along a certain speed, or you could play advanced, and then you could choose where you want to put money into which sections, how many cleaners you had on, where were the toilets placed. Um, did you have scenery because people like that when they walked around and all the time I was thinking back to what does Alton Towers do what does Alton Towers have you know and you'd, you'd look at the map of Alton Towers and you'd always try and recreate it but you couldn't you know the the thing that people forget about theme park is it's progressive not as much as theme hospital it's spiritual follow on but you did have to get a certain amount of money to be able to build a bigger park and get better rides like on the first level um, it was fairly simple, like the, the top ride, if you will, was a haunted house. But on the second level, you could then get a water tube. So that was, I think, normally you went to Egypt afterwards or maybe Australia, but you, you started off in the UK, and, and yeah. of course, we, we've got pants theme parks here. So we, <laughs> we just got the, the haunted house. Um, the, the Bounty Castle was the first ride, wasn't it? Always yeah, always a bit of castle, yep. And, and something else, and then and then you had like um, you had a fries joint, you had a, a drink joint, and you had one game, and that was it for the first level. And so you had to do relatively well at that first level to be able to get up to the next one. It's quite clever, really. What I used to like doing in theme park was making a park called Bogland. It was completely made up of toilets, and people would enjoy <laughs> coming from miles around to Bogland just to visit the toilet. It's uh, much like your hometown, really, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's exactly the opposite of my hometown. Because we have no toilets. <laughs> because I sold them all to Bogland. Of course, I saw it first on the PC. Yeah. Um, but the, there are SNES versions. I think the first one I owned was the SNES version. Um, and I think it was out on the Mega Drive. Um, and then it was out on um, uh, all, sorts, all sorts, basically. Uh, I don't want Amiga. Anything. Yeah, Amiga, that was yep. a good one because of the mouse. But you, um, it did have a follow-on theme park world, but it didn't capitalize enough on it. Um, and then people started bringing out things like Roller Coaster Tycoon, which really focused on the successful bits and got really in-depth with tricks and stuff like that. Um, but for me, the original theme park would always be the best. Yes, of course, it was um, produced by... Bullfrog? Or published by, yes, Bullfrog Productions. Uh, yeah. can, you, can you remember the year? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a wild stab and say... Um, 1993? Ooh, one year really? now. 1994, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was guessing based on my age of 13, 14, so yeah. So what was the most success you, you can remember having in that game? Did you manage to get to... What, I got to America. Did you got to America? Get to huh? America, and I managed to build. Um, um, and you, you used to have to, because I had the SNES version. You used to have to write down these, like, fifty-two line password, fifty-two letter password codes. <laughs> um, I, I got to America and I built a massive park, and it was a lot of fun. I was always improving it, um, but I think I, I stopped investing as much time in it because other games, which are on the list, came out. There was one that came out shortly afterwards, and I, I can't remember if it was the same company, Bullfrog, but it was a theme hospital. That's right, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, very much so. I still play that to this day. They've released, some uh, fans released a HD patch so you can play <laughs> in full HD, and it, it is still a lot of fun. You know, you, that was much more um, 
objective orientated. It was much less sandboxy. So you still had a hospital, but you know you you had this set area on a stage, and you had to cure this many people, and make sure that the doctors didn't all quit or they weren't taking too many fag breaks or whatever. Yeah, just real life, isn't it? <laughs> really. <laughs> 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 Is there any infinite doctors that I've came across? Nothing. Anyway, um, anything to add to that, chaps? Theme Park? Nope. Have you played, um, you mentioned Theme Park World, Chris, have you spent much time on that one? I have, but it's, to me, it's just a shinier version of Theme Park, and I, I quite like the, um, the cartooniness of the original Theme Park. Yeah. Your park is like Norfolk with a gate. <laughs> Sorry about that terrible Scottish accent there. What was that, a Scottish accent? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I apologise, I thought it was a Lancaster accent. <laughs> it's like Norfolk with a gate. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> your next game is... Um, Mario 3 on the NES. Oh, yes. Um, the the first game's console I owned was a NES when I was six. Right. Um, I got it one Christmas. So I was absolutely gasping for it. I'd been playing it in a co-op. I'd been playing Mario 2 in a co-op, which was our big... De- we had a co-op department store. Um, and I, I must have sat there for about two hours, and my parents had gone to other shops and stuff and left me with... Uh, an older cousin, and he was sitting there playing Mario 2 with me as well. Um, I, I didn't get Mario 2 ever while, whilst I owned the NES, which is, it wasn't until I got All-Stars on the snares much later that I, I ever played it again, but um, it stuck with me, Mario. And with the NES, when I started, I had uh, the Turtles, Robocop, Batman, and um, Blades of Steel. Those were the four games. Later on, I got Mario 1. And next year... Um, from a, I think I got Mario 3. It was around the time when that, that hype was going on and I remember vividly watching the advert of um, people chanting, Mario, 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 and they all made up a picture of Mario in a Tanuki suit. Um, so Mario 3 to me was really my... Um, when, when I played it, I knew that it, it was almost, if not probably the most perfect platformer I've ever um, the the variety in the suits, um, the fun that you can have going through all the worlds, the 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 amount of secrets in it that weren't glaringly obvious, like today's Mario games, um, with finding the the uh, the whistles and stuff like that, and the the different power ups. It was just perfectly pitched. The first time on a Mario game, you could go backwards. So in the, the original Mario's, you couldn't go backwards. So you could go backwards and forwards in a scene. Um, the the color palette as well was just phenomenal to be used. The fact that Mario was doing somersaults when you got an invincibility, um, flying, the um, the hammer suit. God damn, the hammer suit does not get enough good press. That thing was amazing. Um, and then the, the the hardest ever end world in a Mario game, World Eight, Dark World. Jesus Christ. You know, even the Overland map was out to get you. The hand would fucking come out and pull you down into a world. It was just impossibly difficult. 
Somebody else picked Mario 3, I think, on a previous show. It wasn't, was it, was, Harry, did you pick Mario yes, 3? Yes, I, I think it was. Yeah. I, yes, but I can't remember what I said about it. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> In fact, I can't remember anything. Where am I? What is this? How did I get here? <laughs> yes, who are you? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a very popular choice, Mario, Mario 3, and I'm sure... Um, Harry and yourself because are not the only ones that have picked it in actual fact. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those and it's a boring pick because everybody picks it but for me, though, those memories of playing it on the NES, but it was probably the last game I actually had on the NES um, before I moved on. I never really had that many games. I used to swap games a lot with people so I could play Castlevania, Chippendale um, and various others. Metroid at one point um, Bugs Bunny, all all sorts of other games, but I could always, always go back to Mario Three. Yeah, I never actually owned Super Mario Three, but I borrowed it from somebody up the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a game to borrow, you know. Yeah, he never got it back, you know. Oh. I once lent somebody my Game Genie, and I wanted it back. However, I went round to his house. And he was using it at the time on Super Mario 3. And I remember the level he was in. It was in the World 7 Fortress, you know, the coin one. Yes. And he was using the Skywalker cheat. Oh. And, and I went in and said, can I have my game genie back? He said, you wouldn't take it back off me right now while I'm playing on it. <laughs> would you, would you? Yes, give it to me. <laughs> and I took it home. Yeah, I, I didn't pick Mario 3 myself because uh, I never had a Nintendo. I was a Sega man. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I have played, I played it. Um, I used to have a Nintendo Wii, and I think you could download it on the console. I remember. My wife, my wife's a big Mario fan. She's a 3DS and all that, so... But myself, I've never, never been a Nintendo fan. It's a shame because most people who on this show are always picking Nintendo games, and I'm like... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I've picked one. That, that's the only Nintendo game, really. I mean, Tetris is there, but I mean, that's, yeah, like you said, that's various. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that actually, if anything, just looking over the list here, much more biased towards Sega, but we haven't come to that yet. We're just about to come to it. Um, the next one is Mario's Rival, perhaps. Um, the one I'm very much familiar with, Sonic. And it's the first Sonic game you've picked on the Mega Drive. Yeah, so I was saying about Tetris and how, yeah, you could only play Sonic so many times. And that's true. But um, against the um, the backdrop of Mario being a stumbling fat plumber, much like myself, um, <laughs> although I'm not a plumber, I'm a salesman, um, <laughs> you have this super speedy, balls-out... Um, Hedgehog, who will just fucking fly around the screen like crazy. Um, and although I, on a desert island, I wouldn't necessarily play as much as any of the other games in this, I would still want it there. It's still a great game. Um, it holds great memories for me, again, because one Christmas, this time when I was eight, um, after the NES, the console that I got, and after Mario 3, was a Sega Mega Drive. And I got it with Sonic and Mega Games 1. Uh, oh, so, Mega Games 1, World Cup Italia 90, Super Hang On, and um, Columns. Yeah. Fine games in their own right. I used to play World Cup Italia 90 with my dad. My mum used to play Columns. 
um, and I used to like Super Hang On. But Sonic, for me, was the nuts. I couldn't believe it. After all these years of slow platformers, watching Batman and Robocop crawl along my screen, here was someone who was going to go 70 miles an hour, balls to the wall. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. You keep mentioning balls there. Did you have a rom packed cartridge? Because I don't remember Sonic ever having his balls out on well, my copy. turned into a very fastball, if you remember, Harry. Ah, yes. And there was also a Sonic Spinball, wasn't there? Yeah, there was Sonic Spinball, which... Now, I had all of the Sonic games on the Mega Drive. So Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and, and Knuckles, yep. and Sonic Spinball, and then the, the Sonic 3D Flicky's Island crap that came out as well. Um... And then after the Mega Drive, I didn't play a Sonic game for years. It was it was really really bizarre. I just didn't feel that there was anything that could match up to it until I played Sonic Four on the PS3. I've not played the fourth one yet. I must get it. It's it's heavily. I don't, I'm I'm not sure why, but it was so under publicised and such a great game, such a retro kick for mm. people. I think it, they they could have done a lot more with the advertising there. And it was a great game. You know, um, just recently sent off um, to YouTuber um, a guy called Richard Turner. I sent him a, um, a Sonic and a Tails um, hammer beads that I did for him uh, on commission. So um, yeah, still to this day, you know, I can Nathan loves Sonic as well, and he he can pick it up and play and go absolutely nuts on it. He loves it. Although he is still enjoying the fat plumber at the moment, I have to say. <laughs> Funnily enough, I've been playing Sonic a lot of Sonic over the weekend because I've been I've got the Sonic Mega Collection Plus on the PlayStation Two, and I've been making a video which is going to come up in a couple of weeks. But I had to play a few of the games for the video, uh, games that I played for the first time, like the the Game Gear versions and things like that. The Game Gear versions, of course, being ports of the Master System version, I think. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, the ever Sonic I played was a Master System version, so it was weird playing that and then playing the Mega Drive version and thinking, oh, this is different. But the, the Game Gear ones I think about, I was playing like um, uh, Sonic Drift, Sonic, yes, Sonic Chaos, Drift. all that stuff. Um, Sonic Chaos was on the Master System as well, but Sonic Drift was like a, a racing game, wasn't it? Yeah. Almost kart-like, almost Mario kart-like. And I was wondering to myself, and I didn't research it, I wonder what came first. Was it Sonic Drift or was it Mario Kart? Oh, that's a good question. But the Mario Kart wasn't the first kart and shoot game. Yeah. I guarantee that. But it's, it's much more fun because you can play it with your mates easily around the console, around the telly. Much more sociable than sitting around a PC and one of you being keyboard and one of you being joypad or whatever. I'm just Sonic, Sonic Drift was released... In 1994, in Japan, whereas oh, Super Mario Kart was released in 1992 in Japan. Ah, I did wonder. That's yeah. that's cleared that up. <laughs> I was just playing a talking about carts. I was um, playing a game called Little Big Planet Racing, which is a kart game. It's a pleasant rip-off for this kind of game. Got it, for, got it for free because of member of PlayStation Plus, and you can download it for free. Yeah, I, I, with Sackboy. Sackboy, 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 Sackboy yeah. yeah. Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry does the narration, yes. Yeah. Perfectly suited to his uh, narrating skills. Yeah. That game. Um, I, I, I think it's 
it's okay. It's I, I think it, I don't think it would be as good as the real cart, but it's it's not bad. Not bad. Anyway, we'll get off topic from Sonic. One thing I was going to mention as well is a lot of us have been making scores on Sonic speedruns recently on Interghost's Retro Records website. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm not at the top of the, the leaderboard, needless to say. Um, in fact, I think I think I'm uh, scraping onto the tenth place on on one of them, and I'm third on one of them only because there's free entrance. <laughs> Do you get a medal for that? No, just my name. Just my name and lights. That's it. <laughs> I, I think it's a. I think it's a good idea. Um, it's a great thing for the community to do all these challenges. And I like that one, Harry, that you done uh, on T Rex Space Station, the Super Hanon. That was good. Yes, we talked about this in the episode that there never was, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Didn't we? <laughs> I want to oh, yes. Yeah, it's always good. I took part recently with um, the Game Shed, their 1500 subscriber one, where um, we did uh, the Super Mario 64 um, slope challenge in the ice world, where the the famous, the infamous Dave Perry incident, uh, it was was based on that, and that's what we did. And they've they've got another one coming out very soon for 2,000 subscribers, um, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I was just going to say, is it going to be a Dave Perry challenge no, special? No, no, nothing oh. like that. No. You know, but it's we a should... great game, and the one that we almost should... made my uh, almost made my list. We oh, should get really. Dave Perry on this very show. Well, actually, Perry. not this very show because this is not viewing. We should get him on the live stream, on the retro on them live stream, and he has to play Super Mario sixty four. Oh, I don't know about that. I want to. Um, I want to get tattooed by him because he's a tattooist now. Or maybe he'll do it for charity. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you could get you could get that tattoo in your bum after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he won't turn you down. He needs the no. money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Keep himself in leather pants. Right. Well, leather oh, trousers, dear. I should say. Sorry, leather trousers. Sorry, I forget we're in English. Right? Oh, you've just created a terrible image in my brain. Oh dear. I'm so glad you didn't get that tattoo on your bum. I wouldn't have minded. Do you know, it really wouldn't have bothered me with that because um, it's all from my son at the end of the day and tell people about my son. Chris, why don't you get tattooed on your bottom? Insert coin here. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that one. I like Harry, actually. Um, I've I've got to figure out something to do this year that's going to top getting... Chuck Rock tattooed on my uh, back. Ooh. I'm, I'm not sure what what you could do. I've seen a photo, and before you think, I'm not. I wasn't going looking at funny sites. It's on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> somebody. I don't know if it was Game Traders or something like this. One of, one of these groups. Anyway, somebody posted a photo of a woman who got a tattoo of. Well, it was oh, Super yeah. Mario pipes, but it was and, into uh, yeah. snakes to each other when they put their arms together. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Let's hope for the best, eh? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> uh, how is that? Are you still uh, are you still raising money for Asperger's success? I'm gonna try and um, do something this year, like I said, but I just don't know what it's gonna be. I really don't. I, I have not got a clue. It's um, 
What about your charity live stream where you play a game for 24 hours or something? Well, that'd be easy. I'd just play Hearthstone for 24 hours. Um. <laughs> we'll help you with it, won't we, Mr. Presenter Bloke? You have to rely on, on internet connection staying up for 24 hours. <laughs> That's not a problem for me. It's, it's okay. It's, um, I know that the Pat the NES punk does something like that, doesn't he, where he does a 24-hour NES-a-thon where he just plays NES games for 24 hours and uh, streams a lot of it. Um, but maybe, I'm, you know, with this whole thing, I'm entirely up to suggestions. You know, I was stupid enough to get tattooed on a suggestion. That should really tell you everything you need to know about me. <laughs> okay, folks, get your thinking caps on. What evil things can we get Chris to do for our charity? Absolutely. <laughs> right, shall we move on to the next game? <laughs> yeah. The most evil one wins a prize, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I, <laughs> as yet undetermined prize. I did say, like, why don't you put me in a tub of baked beans and let me play Game Boy for 24 hours? Give you a Yorkshire pudding. That's a lot of beans. That is a lot. Well, yeah. Well, not really for me, because I take up most of the bar. It's not that bad, really. (laughs) It's a waste of beans. (laughs) You can have them afterwards, John. (laughs) I think we'll move on to the next game. Yes, because you created more terrible imagery in my mind. (laughs) <laughs> right, you, you'll have to help me out with this one once I announce it, Chris, because I've never heard of it in my life. It's called Ikaruga. Uh, Ikaruga, yes, on a Dreamcast. Um, Dreamcast. Uh, and from what I can tell, it was a Japanese release in 2002. I don't know if I'm even right in saying that, but tell me more. Uh, Ikaruga is the um, the follow-on, and I'm, I'm not that familiar with the original so um, I know it's one that Scott bangs on about um, the console snob all the time it's called um, uh, Silverlight Radgun or Radiant Silverlight Radiant Silvergun or something like that it's, it's a really simple concept it's a shooter um, vertical scrolling shooter where you're a ship and if you if you're shooting normally you, you fire black white um, bullets and if you you can then collect white bullets to power you up. However, there's also black bullets coming down, and you can flip the ship and shoot black bullets and collect those black bullets. If you're hit by the opposite colour that you're shooting, you die. Oh. So, that's kind of what the, the whole gist of the game is. But it's it's a bullet hell shooter, and it adds that extra element in. So you've really got to be fucking thinking on your toes a lot, and it is just... It's just a lot of fun. I, I can't say much more about it than that. It's just absolutely fantastic fun. Have you ever played it, Harry? No, I haven't. Well, what was it released on, sorry? The Dreamcast. Um, I never had a Dreamcast, unfortunately. It was originally released on the Dreamcast. Um, I'm not sure if it's since had re-releases. I'm thinking the GameCube, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. it was released on the GameCube in 2003. Yeah. Ah, yes. You can get it on Android now as well. Um, and it's on the Xbox Live Arcade as well. It says here that sometimes the the black or white can also be red or blue, depending on the version. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never played it, obviously, myself, so I don't know. But a lot, a lot of these old games do come in Android and iOS. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's- do you know, it was the first shooter that I played and it really got me onto them. Um, and that's saying something because it was that late in the day that I was playing a shooter. Um, 
And uh, when I later picked up a Dreamcast when I was 18 at university, um, I was playing. I got Ikaruga with it, and um, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. It was, it was just really good fun. You know, you you couldn't say much more than that. It was a lot of fun. And uh, a friend of mine who was big into shoes, he was the one that got me onto it. And it's yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun. Well, a lot of these games that are coming up uh, on the shows are games I've not heard of, so I'm being educated. So I, I'm, making, I'm making a list of these games so that I can go and try them at some point. Isn't it great, though, when you do find these games that you've mm. never heard of, and you're like, oh, fucking hell, that's great, yeah, rah, rah, rah. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, it's highly underrated, in my opinion. I'll need to find out if there's a, an iOS version, because uh, I've not got an Android, I've only got a, like an iPad, so... Uh, don't, well, there's nothing on... Uh, there about it, but GameCube it's fairly cheap to be honest. If you've got a cube, have you got a cube? I've not got a cube. I, I must admit it's, it's one thing I've been meaning to get at some point. Um, my friend picked one up. Um, a, I think it was a car boot sale. He got it for a fiver. I got a GameCube for a fiver. They're they're cheap at yeah. boot sales. They're very very cheap. Um, Ikaruga is okay. It's not as cheap as I was saying, but it's it's available. And it's out there on it. Have you got you've got Xbox with you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Xbox Live. Oh, right. yeah, you right. Yeah, on Xbox Live. Um, but it's it's about twenty to twenty five pounds on the GameCube still. What? Ooh. Yeah, it's still quite an expensive game. It's quite is that obvious. because? Sorry, I was going to say, is that because it's rare or because it's a sought after game? It's so good. Um, it's you know I've never in the last year where I've been collecting retro, I've never seen it out in the wild. Um, when I do see uh, GameCube games, so I'm um, I'm a bit unsure, but um, I know it's 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 a game that's good. It has a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of good, funny, cool stuff that you can do, and it really will test you in a good way. What well, obviously this is um, it's kind of radio, so it's not visual, but one thing I would have already done during these chats is to have some game footage playing of the games as we talk about them. Might be something I might look into in the future, maybe doing like editing a show into a YouTube video and then putting Sounds like a great idea, yeah. yeah. Yes. But a time but yes. a time needs involved in that, but it's certainly something I'll look into. Maybe you could pay of. somebody to do it for you. <coughs> <clears throat> Yes, uh, currently available. Got his hand <laughs> up over here. Uh, what are you? Forty pounds? Are you still on forty pounds, Terror? <laughs> it's raised to forty-one for the new year. Oh dear. <laughs> you're worse. You're worse than bloody Scotty's powers for raising your, raising your prices. <laughs> and any local gas and electric company, for that matter. <laughs> yes, other gas and electric companies are available. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Why why be ripped off by just one? You can be ripped off by a number of... of <laughs> That's why right. It's all going to be cheap, because we're going to frack and destroy the planet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the next game, and thankfully something that I've heard of. In fact, not something I'm, not just something I've heard of, something that I've... Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast. Crazy oh. Taxi! Let's see, before you get into it, let's see who can do the best. Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Crazy Taxi! 
<laughs> Crazy Taxi. Let's go. Crazy Taxi. Nah. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, personally, I've got the, I think I've got the PlayStation 2 version, but the Dreamcast version would be the ultimate version. Came out in 2000 by Sega. Did you get it on launch, or did you get it years afterwards? It, um, on launch, I got it when I was at university, the same time as I got Ikaruga. Um And, uh, great game. You know, what? What? it's just one of those games where um, you can really lose yourself in a game. And it, again, it's one of these simplistic arcade games. Um, well, I say simplistic, but it's not really, you know, where you're trying to do it. Um, it's often been emulated in things like um, The Simpsons Hit and Run and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's best played, and I, I thoroughly believe this is best played with a um, a little uh, um, an arcadey um, wheel. Right. So the, the Dreamcast had a wheel, and I, I got that, and uh, it, it adds something to it. I couldn't tell you what, but it does. <laughs> And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've also got a version of it on the uh, well, it's PSP, but I've got it downloaded onto my PS Vita, so I can play it on the move. <laughs> um, I think that's got a few. I think it's got a few different cities, maybe three different city locations. But I think the original game was just based in one city in San Francisco. I, I'm not that's right, because you had the big hill, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you could play in uh, 5, 10, or 15, or 3, 5, and 10 minute intervals you could play in the game. That's right, and you had uh, the, the guy who was, um, you had three people to choose from, the, the yes. surfer guy, uh, the, the black fella, and the chick. Is that correct? <laughs> That's a rainbow of racial stereotypes. <laughs> well, just one, the surfer. <laughs> racial and sexual stereotyping. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it summed it up quite nicely. <laughs> um, um, I had a great soundtrack as well. Um, I think the, I think some of the later versions got it stripped out, but uh, in the original version, you had uh, Offspring and Bad Religion were the kind of people in the band. Right, yeah. um, the, the the classic um, track of Offspring goes yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And that's always associated that the the front of that track that's always been associated for me with Crazy Taxi. Do you know the one I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just I was thinking. I think I'm just thinking back to uh, console snobs and Desert Island games. I, I think he made have picked this game. Well. Yeah, I think console console snob picked this one. It's one of Ching. Every time you mention the console snob, I'm going to go cha-ching, because it means more money for him. More exposure. <laughs> what about I say, Scott, instead? Cha-ching. Because <laughs> it's half, you see. It's... People don't know who he is if you just say Scott. You've got to say his full name. Scott the console snob. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great game. Um, not, not so sure about the... Follow-ups. I think there was a Crazy Taxi too. There was. There's been a, a whole bunch of um, sequels, you know. And like I said, it's inspired stuff like, um, yeah, the Hit and Run and all, all sorts, really. Um, 
obviously we're all googling it at this point. It was. Yeah. It was uh, actually. It was road rage hit and run was the Grand Theft Auto ripoff. Ah, sorry, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> but even Grand Theft Auto um, ripped it off a bit, you know, because you can play taxi missions from Grand Theft Auto Three onwards. You could play in taxi missions, so that's right. That, that's probably a. a, a Placement on drop off, I would imagine. Although it's not quite as crazy, but it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I love Crazy Taxi. So we move on to the next one, um, and it's Fallout 2 on the PC. Oh, yeah. Do you know, it, it really makes my day that a lot of people are just discovering Fallout, um, which is just a, a great, great series. You know, um, it's, uh, it's the original Fallout was a much more simple um, affair. It was uh, Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. And I, I picked Fallout 2 because it made a lot of good improvements. Um, it was an isometric, turn-based RPG um, based on uh, hexagons or hexagonal. So you, you could move a number of hexagons along, much like the old um, tabletop. RPGs where you used to play on chess and hexagons. Right. And so the the idea was it was a very similar story. You you lived in the vault and you, you went out in the vault, out from the vault to um to try and find like a water purification system or something along these lines. And uh it it just went and went and went this story and uh it was great. It was you know, it was uh one of those games where you you could literally keep on playing it. What number are we up to now? Are we, is it Fallout 3? Uh, or Fallout 4, four is four? in development, although, uh, um, of course, there is uh, New Vegas, which is the um, the the one between sort of Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. That's, that's where that is. Fallout 4 is rumoured to be in um, Massachusetts. Ooh. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to believe that that came out um, back in 1998. Uh, well, the reason it, it got messed about with so much, you know, the the original IP, um, and so I'm kind of glad in a way. It's uh, it's a great little series, you know, um, really interesting, really lots of. Uh, lots of fun. Yeah, it was um, made by Black Isle Studios. Uh, not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, I took a, I took a note of the kind of plot line, you know, for for anybody that's not played it, which I had to count myself. I'm honest. <laughs> um, Me too. Yeah, uh, the, the game story takes place in 2240, eight years after the events of Fallout. It tells the story of the original hero's descendant and his or her quest to save the the primitive tribe from starvation by finding an ancient environmental restoration machine known as the Garden of Eden Creation Kit. Or Gek, or Gek for short. Gek, yeah. Yeah. See, the, no, I, I carry on. I was going to say that there have been a few spin-offs of Fallout, uh, notably... Um, the uh, the Brotherhood of Steel, which was a hack and slash kind of adventure. Um, again, 
that was um, a good game. It was uh, interesting as well, that one, the, the way it portrayed stuff. Um, and then you had a Fallout Tactics as well. Right. Fallout Tactics was um, a bit like XCOM. So I don't know if you guys have ever played the, the original XCOM game. So very much turn-based strategy, team affair, and uh, you named your guys. But you, you played as, um, you know, you you were going up against super mutants and stuff like that. So yeah, lots, lots and lots of fun. Not really a massive RPG fan. Um, the only thing turn-based game I remember playing back in the day was a game called Battle Isle. Don't know if you've heard sure, of that okay. one. Yeah. Nope. Basically, I used to play it against my my brother. It's kind of it's, you're kind of an army, and you each had like tanks and various vehicles, and you each had a each had a go at moving your vehicle to a position, and then whoever got to the kind of to the other enemy's enemy's territory first got the first shot. It's kind of I've, I've made it sound boring, but it's actually quite a good game. Mm. Yeah. No, it does sound good. Yeah. So you would obviously whittle a lot of a lot of your desert island time um, playing that game. Yes. Yeah. Um, just because of the infinite amount of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had um, you you could much like it was dumbed down for Fallout Three, uh, the the FPS version, but. The choices that you made at the start really did affect your character because everything was stats-based. So although you, you could just run around and shoot anybody you like in Fallout 3, um, whether you chose to charm people and be a kind of smooth-talking criminal, smooth MJ, <laughs> um, or uh, if in fact you decided that you were going to go balls out and have a, there's that saying again, Harry, and you were going to go big guns and get a, you know, go right from the beginning, get these big rifles and plasma weapons and all the rest of it. Um, or perhaps you were going to lockpick and pickpocket your way through um, and steal your way to um, getting better gear and then work on it from there. So there, there were a lot of different options. And you had perks as well and rewards. So much like you could get achievements nowadays um, if perhaps you... Um, went and dug up too many graves, you would you would get the, the title Gravedigger and people in that town would then know you as a Gravedigger and that would then affect your chances of doing certain things in that town. So it was a very complicated game um, and the, the way that you reacted to people and you, you got karma. So in one town, you know, you might be the hero and in another, you'd be shot on sight. So it was quite, you had to really balance things out and you had to decide which way you were going. For example, um, in Fallout 2, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but you can have a slave, a great big African guy who carries around a massive sledgehammer, join your ranks. Um, or he can, um, and then you can take on the slaving trade. Mm. Um, or you can sell him, controversially, to the slavers. <laughs> so, so, go on, sorry. Sorry, I do apologise. I was just going to say, as well as being a grave digger, can you also be a gold digger? <laughs> there's, there's no mining element in it, if that's what oh. I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was talking about something else, actually. I, I was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but there there were a lot of different elements, and there there were a lot of cool little bits and bobs you could do. You you could get a car. One of the the, the side quests, if you will, there are hundreds and hundreds of them, but um, was to to make your own car, oh, which wow. was um, for for that I suppose was at the time fantastic. You know you um. You, you then increase your travel, so when you go between cities on the world map, you were less likely to uh, get random attacks and stuff like that against you. And it, it's very classic RPG as well. So um, what I mean by that is the the first sort of mission, main mission that you have is you go and clear out a cave full of rats. <laughs> so it's it's very much based in that kind of sense and very true. Um, to uh, a lot, a lot of these games now, I suppose. You mentioned there um, about the about the grave digger thing, where you can, you go into one town and you're a hero, and you go into another town and you get shot in sight. It reminds me kind of um, Grand Theft Auto Two. I don't know if you Grand Theft Auto Two, mm-hmm. but where you, where you play the guns off against each other. And funny enough, um, that came out in 1999. So I'm beginning to think maybe that's where I've got the idea from. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You know, um, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting game. Um, the way that you uh, the the way that the world's portrayed in a, a post-apocalyptic thing, and I know uh, the whole world is high on post-apocalyptic and steampunk, but this thing was doing it years ago, and it the the dark humour in it as well was just phenomenal you know you, you just didn't see that kind of thing and it was um, it was a real treat actually there's a new pub in Glasgow called Steampunk just opened a month ago just thought for that you mentioned Steampunk well I hope it's got it's uh, helicopter protection yes it's underground so it should be fine <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's strange because uh, that helicopter crashed into the, the cliff I had passed I had passed the Clifford Pub on the bus about an hour before. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were actually the first person I thought of when I saw that on the news. I thought, oh, I hope Jail76 Gaming's okay. Well, <laughs> funny enough, it's, it's, it might be fate, but that was a, that was the day the PlayStation 4 was released. So I, <laughs> I, was, I was actually leaving the pub earlier than what I normally would leave because I knew I had a PlayStation 4 to go home to. So, <laughs> Saved by the PlayStation 4, yes. yes. <laughs> See, some good comes out of gaming. Yes. Absolutely. And that was also the same night that um, Destro Online, um, was the Bedroom to Billionaire special that night as well. Oh, really? Yeah, cause I remember setting up my PlayStation 4 and listening to the stream, and then um, my wife was in the room and she said, What's happening in Glasgow? And I, obviously I put Sky News on and I've seen it all unfolding. Oh, I turned on the news and they were interviewing a local MP or something. Yeah, he was oh, yeah. he was asking at the time when it happened and he, he he jumped in to help. Yeah. Oh, he would jump onto that, wouldn't he? Those blasted MPs. Yeah. They're always yeah. jumping on a story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for a bit of for publicity. <laughs> Anyway, um, believe it or not, we're we're on to your last game already, um, and sure. this is this is a, actually a very interesting choice because you put D D K clone in brackets, and it wasn't until I done a bit of research I realised what you meant. It's a donkey clone clone. 
That's right, yeah. Uh, and it's a game called The King. Yes. So, The King is um, quite an interesting little game. In uh, that it um, it was released on the Dragon 32. It was a, an absolute latent rip-off of um, uh, Donkey Kong. Um, and what used to happen in those days was people would uh, bring out a game and um, they would uh, they would so they would release the game and and so the Dragon released um, a bunch of games. The Dragon Thirty Two, I should mention, is um, a Welsh home computer. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And um, it was when gaming was big and blah blah blah. Um, and um, basically, at the time, the um, it did very very well. It um it was quite a good car uh good card, sorry, quite a good um sort of home system. It did uh, relatively well in the market and the the game that I this was the first ever before I had the NES, this was the first computer I had, so this was my first sort of uh, go on any computer. Well, this game was actually released the year before your birth. This was released in 1983. Yeah, yep. my dad used to work for um, Tandy Computers. Oh, remember them? <laughs> yep, I just picked up a Tandy today, or the other day, uh, along with a Spectrum. i seen that, yeah, i seen that video uh, last night, I think, or this morning. i seen it. And um, it's, um, it's, it's Donkey Kong, basically. Very, very simplistic Donkey Kong. Um, oh. You... Uh, you your jump man or Mario or whatever you you go up and you do it. I loved it, and it, to me it was the very first game I ever played. Sitting down in front of my uh, my console, that's got to be worth something, isn't it? You know that yeah. that's the whole point of nostalgia is remembering those times, and that was the time for me. That was when I was playing games. That was the first game I ever played a Donkey Kong thing. Um, Chris, can I ask a question? Are your eyes irreparably damaged? Because I'm looking at a screenshot of the king, <laughs> and it is lime green. My my um, my eyes are and my fingers because the Dragon Thirty Two joystick is known to be horrendous. Mm. And when I say horrendous, I mean horrendous. It can destroys your fingers. There's no doubt about it. The the clicker on it on the back. I know Steve Benway's talked about this before. Um, just annihilates you. Absolutely annihilates you. Um, so yeah, it's it's not pleasant by any uh, stretch of the imagination. It's um it's certainly one to uh, <laughs> to um to avoid as far as joysticks are concerned. That's for sure. But at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those ones where it was it was a great game, um, and it, it was the the first arcade experience as well, if you will. And I'm sure my parents were great at it because after that they couldn't bloody get me out. And I was I was playing games. They they got me this console basically because we or this computer because we lived on a main road. And at the time when I was just five, I wanted to go out and play, you know, and I wanted my dad to take me out. And you know, they both worked. So they couldn't take me out. So um, it was a case of, well, basically put up and shut up, you know. <laughs> so, um, 
So I did, and I, I used to play the king. Mm. And the, the king is just, it's just Donkey Kong, but in worse colors. Um, it's a very, very bad game. But for me, playing it on that desert island would be fantastic. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Even with the joystick? Even with the joystick. <laughs> it was originally named Donkey King. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, so that's that may be why, because of the King Kong reference, I'm guessing? Yeah, it was originally named Donkey King before being renamed. Gameplay remained unaltered. Okay, that's mm. interesting. Uh, Gaz had picked uh, the Donkey Kong game last week. I think what was it he picked? It wasn't the original. It was um, I think of it. Gaz had answers. I think it was um, Donkey Kong Junior. Junior, I think it was. Yeah. So uh, I was going to say about this um, Welsh computer. I wouldn't fancy programming for that computer. Go to own words, you know. They, <laughs> it did have a version basic called uh, Dragon Basic. So, yeah, your, your satire is uh, quite correct there, actually. Yeah, two L's in everything. I mean, I'm sorry, but <laughs> programming's hard enough without doing it in Welsh as well. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that when I'm in my work, when I have to send uh, a letter to somebody in Wales, I hate having to type out the address. <laughs> I, I deal with um, some North Welsh people in my uh, in my job, and um, Le Langdon is the uh, the place where I deal with a lot of people, and uh, it's um, <laughs> well, it's it's interesting, put it like that. But say though, I mean, I'm not slagging Wales off because Wales is a is a lovely country, and I spent a lot of time in Wales uh, in family holidays in the past. Uh, Places like Rowe, um, Wondurno, Snowdonia, yeah. Bangor. Uh, it's a lovely country. So, not slagging off Wales, people. Come on, I come, I come from Scotland. Come on. <laughs> See, what's best, Wales or Scotland? <laughs> Only one way to find out. Right. <laughs> hey, did, did Scotland release a computer? Wales have the Dragon 32, but what does Scotland have? Um, the Apple Mac. Really? Mac. Can I just say as well, it's the <laughs> Commodore Dragon 32, sorry, I should have said. So oh, it was right. actually owned by Commodore as well. They they bought Commodore, Commodore bought the Dragon system uh, to do that on. Ah. Oh, I just found Gashead's answers, actually. It was Super Donkey Kong that he picked on a SNES. Okay, that's interesting. I haven't played that version. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should watch The King of Kong, though. If you want a bit of nostalgia, I've actually found Harry Yak's answers here as well. (laughs) Although maybe I shouldn't say, because that episode might appear um, on this format as an edited version. Yes, quite possibly. Maybe I shouldn't spoil it. Steve's going to pay me £42 an hour to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But funny enough, he did pick Super Mario Bros. 3. That was mm. one of the games, definitely. Yes. There you go. What else can we say? What else can we say about uh, Donkey King? Before we the, the King of Kong. The King of Kong. It was uh, written by Tom Mix Software and published in the United Kingdom by Microdeal. There you go. 
And it has a fantastic piece of artwork on the front cover with a drooling monkey and a barrel and just some woman. Some I don't know what she's called in this. She's not called Pauline, I presume. What's a Welsh woman's name? Or... So hi to hi? Me fan we. Me fan we in the background. <laughs> and the King uh, of Kong. So, Harry, had you heard of this game before Chris, 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 <laughs> Chris brought it up? The Donkey King? No. Yes, no. Actually. Funnily enough, this is the first I've heard of it, and I'm going to rush out and buy this now. Brilliant. <laughs> can you get it? Do you know, can you get Dragon 32 games on emulation these days? Oh, yes. Yes, I would think so. I know um, Steve Benway did a week of Dragon 32, and he didn't have the the Kong, and I, I kind of understood why, but at the same time, I thought, oh, you should still have it, though. You know, you should still do that. <laughs> so I felt a bit bad that he oh. didn't have uh, that personal favourite of mine. Yeah. Well, that's your eight games. Done and dusted already, Chris. But it's, um, I think I, it, the idea with picking these eight games yeah. was, that if you look at it, there's there's all different types of games there as well. So you've got Crazy Taxi, which is racing. You've got Ekaruga, which you um, I didn't have any beat 'em up or fires, which is a little bit um, maybe a little bit uh, controversial. But I did have a puzzle game, Tetris. I did have a simulator mm-hmm. theme park, a couple of platformers in Mario and Sonic. You know, um, an RPG in Fallout mm-hmm. Two. And um, these are games which people don't necessarily um, pick every time. Yeah. Um, yep. And because they're they're my games, you know, that's how I see it. These these yes. are my games. And it's your island. Yeah. But you, you've obviously put a lot of thought into it, and, um, and that's brilliant. It's it uh, gives me a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? Trouble. Reason. Uh, no, it gives me um, ple- uh, pleasure, I suppose. It gives me pleasure that um, people come on here and they do um, put a lot of thought into it. So um, I appreciate that. Um, I didn't. I just made them up off the top of my head and handed to them, handed them to you a minute before the show started. No, you didn't. <laughs> I know I didn't. I thought long and hard about them, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, who was a start? Star was um, the first week we were doing it in this format when uh, Gashead was supposed to come on and it didn't happen. Uh, we we done it, we recorded it and put it up later uh, with a guy called Sack Latour, and he only had a very short notice to do it, and they put so much thought into his games as well. It was brilliant. He was a brilliant guest. Yes, that was a very good show. I urge everybody to go and listen to that after this if you haven't already. And and indeed all the other back episodes. Except my one. Because that's that one. Well, it's if, not up yet. But, well, you can catch it on my YouTube channel. Plug, plug. Jail Cemetery again. Ching-ching. <laughs> right. We'll move on to the non-gaming items. And before we move on to your choices, you do get a subscription to Retro Games Magazine and also the complete works of Steve Benway. Oh. So, right. It's, it's, right. <laughs> It was on there. There's no show. It's the complete works of Shakespeare. But I'm sure you prefer Steve Benway. Um, you know, I am a fan of the guy to some extent. You do know that you're going to have to get Benway on one edition. So what are you going to pick for him? The complete 
He doesn't want his complete archive, does he? I'll change it to the complete works of Harry Yak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... I think I'd have to pay a lot of money to get Mr. Benway on this show. I don't know. He's, he's quite good, I think. £44 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I would, I would love to have Steve Benway on this show. So, Steve, if you're listening, you're welcome. Send him a mailman. Get him on there. I should... Send him a mailman? <laughs> Literally going to send a postman round to his house. Steve, here's a, ma- here's a mailman coming on my show. <laughs> do, do with him what you will. Well, I should work on that in the background. background. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it the 50th episode special. Sounds right. good to me. If we get that far, that is. Run out of games. Run out of guests. Yeah, every person will pick Mario 3. So, uh, Steve Benway, you've picked Super Mario 3. Might as well just say the same that everybody else has. I was thinking that when I run out of guests, we can just get um, the guests back on, but but twist it up a bit, so instead of retro games, you get to pick modern games. Ah, so it's a bit like a penalty shootout. You rotate back round to the first penalty taker. Yes. This, yeah, modern modern games would be interesting, actually. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, all joking aside, I, I will change to modern games at some point. Yes, uh, if you invite me on again, I'll do modern games from the last ten years because there's a couple of games that didn't quite make the cut because they were slightly too young. Yeah. We'll get your thinking hat on for that one. <laughs> I probably know them already. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, um, so the book, uh, this is a brilliant book because especially as it's the pro- possibly the only item so far that I've not had to research one little bit. <laughs> um, and the book is Trainspotting by Irvin Welsh. Yeah, just um, to, to anybody who's watched the film, the book is ten times better. I urge you to read the book. That's always the case, wasn't it, with books and films? The book's always better. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so, but doubly with this one. It's just, what a book. Do you know what I mean? What an absolute book. It's, um, yeah, it, it does absolute wonders. Um, it's just such a phenomenal book. It really is. It's um, The film is obviously uh, heroin addicts. Yes in Scotland um, and the, the the idea is it follows their exploits and this and that and the other the, the great thing about train spotting is though the, the amount all the, it's all based in the same area every single book is based around that he releases whether it's to do with the train spotting characters or not it's all based around um, Leith yes in Edinburgh mm-hmm. the port of Leith I should say which is, or used to be, a deprivated council estate-based area. I think it still is. <laughs> well, it, it, at the minute it does very well. It's, it's very much up and coming, which he, he actually talks about a little bit in Porno, which is the sequel to Trainspotting. Yep. And he's just brought out Skag Boys, which is the, the prequel, which tells about how they got into heroin and stuff like that. Very, um, very political. He's, he's obviously a huge um, socialist, uh, the the stuff in there is hard hitting. It's, it doesn't pull any punches at all. He is um, he is on it from the beginning, you know. And he and he does great work with it too. 
You know, he, um, the, the characters Renton, Sick Boy, Spud, um, Begbie, um, oh, what's, what's the guy, um, the, Spud? the straight guy, no, the straight guy who doesn't really do much. Well, in, in oh, the Tommy? Books, Tommy? Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. Yeah. But in the, of course, in the books, he does do stuff. He does speed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's another character which you don't see in the film called, um, uh, he's, he used to play for I've forgotten his name. This is terrible. He used to play for Manchester. He had a trial with Manchester. Oh, United. I was, oh, I was he's, he's in second second, he's in second, second prize. Second prize. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I was reading um, Skag Boys and they were mentioning second prize at first, I thought that was Begbie, but he had a, a nickname or something. But obviously, it wasn't. <laughs> so second prize is an alcoholic. Yeah. Absolute fucking mess of a man. Um, and uh, his character is very interesting. Goes on, um, but you, the stuff in the book is amazing. But I will mention some stuff here, so please turn off if you don't want to hear. But um, Renton shags his uh, his brother's wake. He shags his um, brother's widow. Yes. Um, just some uh, very very. Um, High class? Well, is it high class or not? It's it's difficult to say. Have you read Have you read Sky Boys, Chris? That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah, no, I've I've read all of his books. There's a there's a bit in um, Sky Boys which is worse when he he gives oh, yes. his uh, he gives his brother a handjob, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. What? The yeah, brother. What is this book? Well, basically, he's. His brother, um, his brother is a uh, is kind of handicapped, doesn't he? Um, That's right, yeah. And he's kind of he, he was watching well, he was watching some weather girl on the news or something like that, and they and then uh, what's his name? Renton Renton could tell that his brother was getting aroused by this, mm. and he thought the poor bastard they can't do anything about it, so he done it for him. That's right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> It's a classic, but, but anyway, that's... Oh, right. That's, I that's, get it now you explained it to me. It, yeah, it makes more sense now. That, that's Tag Boys or that we're talking about Trade Button, so it's it's a classic book, though. <laughs> mm. Yeah, very, very good book. Yeah, recommend it to um to everybody. It's uh it's just just one of those novels which um yeah, it will make you question a lot of things. Yes. That's all I'm gonna say about it because it's the way the way they affected me was was huge in uh, literary terms. Um, it was the first book that really made me stand up and think about things. Very much a punk sing book. Would you agree? John? A what book? Sorry. Punk sing. Punk so sing. Yeah, yeah. Based around. Oh yes. Iggy Pop and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, he, he does a fantastic job of it as well. He, he does a really good job of portraying. Um, Socialist Scotland. Well, when you read it, or when I read it, what I take from it is that I think that I think that he definitely draws a lot from personal experience on this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and it, he's stated many times, you know, that that was the scene that he was into, the mm -hmm. punk scene and the, the Northern Soul scene, which they talk about in uh, Skag Boys and stuff like that. So th there's a lot of personal stuff in there for sure. It's quite it's quite good without giving too much. 
too much plot away from uh, the prequel for anybody that's not read it because it's it only came out in the last couple of years but uh, it, it tells you a lot about why you get into the heroin scene and it's a lot to do with the jobs and things isn't it they go on a they go on a, a strike they? they go on a, a union thing at the start of it yeah and then the police are like uh, the police have been heavy handed and all that and you can see you see how they kind of became hopeless yeah Harry you're very silent during this conversation have you read the book no I have not and Uh, I don't believe I've seen the film either oh my god you've not seen the film no my mother wouldn't let me watch it (laughs) I'm not surprised it's uh it's, it's not a pretty book, and it's not a pretty film. So if you were young, well... You could get away with reading the book, but not watching the film. You see, you can get away with reading all sorts of filth when you're a kid. Everyone else has got yeah. a book called filth. <laughs> yeah, he, he has got a book filth yeah. about a cross-dressing copper. Yes. It's, it's also come out as a film in the last couple of months as well. Oh, has it? Yes, it was in well, cinema recently. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, going to get that later on. Yeah, yeah. research from it. Downloading um, it from Netflix. It's funny, Harry, it, <laughs> you should mention that your mum wouldn't let you watch it. I, I wouldn't let my dad watch it. Because <laughs> I, I got it on video, obviously, a lot of years ago, and my dad had heard all this hype about Trainspotting, and he was like, ah, John, bring that Trainspotting down, I want to watch it. I'm like, oh no, you can't watch that, Dad. You wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up one mine, I'm an adult. <laughs> so. And did he watch it in the end? Yeah, I think he did. Did yeah. you sit there with him and watch it? No, I didn't. No, I said, uh, I'll leave you to it, Dad. I'm off to the pub. Even though I'm only 14. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was older than 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Scotland gonna... is completely the opposite from northwest England, evidently, where mothers are sons and fathers are daughters. Or something. No, I think. You're saying it's inbred up there. <laughs> I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to stop my dad from, from watching it. Really, I was just. I was more embarrassed about what he would think of me watching it. So I guess that's why why I didn't have him watch it. <laughs> it's not. It's not that bad, really. But when you're younger, you is think. the film called Filth as well? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got it here. Yes. <laughs> was released on the 27th of September 2013. Yeah. Superb. Right, let's, um, there you go. It's uh, getting it from Netflix now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Netflix, yeah. in air quotes. The other one there, the other one he did that came out on video as well, what was it called? Um, it's not Acid House, that did come out, but it was, um, what was that other film? Glue, I think. Oh, Glue? Oh, no, no, not Glue, not Glue. It's oh, um, the, the thing, it's got a funny name, hasn't it? It's a set, set of short stories, something or other of the Mozambique house or something like that. No, I need to look this up now, because I watched it last year. In fact, I bought it in Blu-ray, because I got it for £3 uh, from brand new, and it had a music CD with it as well. What the hell is it called? Anyway, <laughs> while I'm looking that up, uh, I was going to ask you, Chris, um, obviously, the style of writing in this book, um, all in a lot of Scottish, Scottish slang and dialect. How did you find reading all that? Well, I found it fine until I started speaking Scottish for the next couple of hours, and you're sort of like, I can't even know. And what I mean, I kept on saying Ken. Because <laughs> I knew that Ken meant new. Ken meant no. 
you know what I mean. You can. Another one is, um, I wonder if your wife <laughs> said, Chris, how was your dinner? And you went, oh, that was Barry. Yep, and um, I, I was saying, <laughs> whenever I talk to monkey stars, it's easy to understand him because I've read these books like Heed. He always says Heed. Heed, yeah. On my head, Heed. And um, what's the other one? Oh, yes. Um, he said, trying to think now, something along the lines of... Oh, no, do, do you know what? I've lost it. But um, there, there's a lot of colloquialisms now that I pick yeah. up, um, to say the least. And it, and it's a good thing. I, do you know what? The, the, it, that was the other thing that struck me about the book. And um, the Game of Thrones series is written the same, like it's it's chapters by character, uh, much the same as Irvine Welsh's. Yeah. Um, and they're all in the dialect and whatever. And do you know what I read is um, he did the, the follow-up to Filth, didn't he? where he goes on holiday. His partner goes on holiday to America. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I, have, I have read most of Everett Welsh's books, but I'm not sure about that. Um, because it's... Um, because it's then... Uh, it's then a, a posh, or what he, he would consider a posh... Um, a posh Scotsman. Speaks English, speaks English basically. Otherwise known as somebody from crime. Yeah. Crime was the name of the book. Ah, uh, yeah, I have I've heard of it. I've actually never read that one, but uh, yeah. The, uh, the, there is a good one as well called The Bedroom Secrets of the Master Chefs. Yeah, there's listen there, two thousand and six. Yes, that is yeah. a, a very very good book, um, and it is basically it's about Gordon Ramsay because he hates Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to give it away, but uh, it, it's um. But it's rather good. Ecstasy, ecstasy. That's the one that I got on Blu-ray. Oh, that is um, that is a short short story collection. Well, that, the Acid House and uh, Ecstasy yeah. are both uh, short collections. Marabou Stalk Nightmares is a yes. very good book as well by him. I, want, you, I could talk about him all day. He is fantastic yeah. at what he does. Have you ever seen the Acid House uh, DVD or movie? Yes. Martin Clunes is in the, the fourth part. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. No, and he, um, yeah, he comes back as a fly and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah we both. We both. Yeah. Very, very surreal. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed reading yeah, that bit. Fucked up the arse by his mother with a strap on. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's, she's on the phone to her sister. <laughs> How's friends? You had your tea? <laughs> and she's just been shagging the guy up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it is good. I like it a lot. It's uh, well, not that bit, obviously, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that that's the kind of that's the kind of edgy stuff you can expect, I suppose. As as a, if you were going to set the bar, that that's the kind of thing you can expect. Yeah, and I was watching, um, I think it was the two fat bastards episodes. It was either the Christmas one or the one before it. Or the highlights, but you were mentioning, you were talking about um, you were talking about films to Woodland, and he was just saying shite to every single one. Yes. And you're and you're saying train spotting shite. So yeah. and I and I was I was going to type something. What the hell are you talking about? He said shite. It's full of Scots. And I was going to say excuse me. Full <laughs> <So> of <the> Scots. <laughs> and your problem is. 
And uh, did you know what? There's a lot of uh, nice Scots on YouTube now. There's um, Monkey Spaz, obviously. Mm. Self, uh, Mark Horsbro. Yep. You know, all good guys. Uh, Brian Shand. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, also, there's a few other uh, ones. Yeah, there's that um, JL76 Gaming as well. Oh, the, the little known one, yeah. <laughs> yes. Go and subscribe uh, to him, by the way. You should. He's, he's full of controversy. Oh, uh, Harold Gonk. Harold Gonk. Big shout out to Harold yeah. Gonk. He does 18 yeah. Spectrum games. Actually, before I get into the YouTube scene making videos and stuff, I actually followed Harold Gonk. Um, just found a bit of a mistake. Uh, Scottish Warrior 92. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen him. He's pretty good. He does uh, a, a podcast called The Legion of Geeks. Yeah. Which is more like a vlog cast where he has four people and all the video from those four people is shown at once. No, no, I need to let it come up. There's an obvious one that I'm thinking about. I just can't think. Uh, it's, it's a really, really obvious oh, one. Monkey Spaz. No, I don't Monkey Spaz, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, but for whoever it is, I apologise. I just remember your name. Um, so, that was a book. Um, I've got a feeling we could talk about Chainspotting and everyone else all night. And oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of my... It's probably my second love is reading. You know, and um, they, I was mentioning the fantasy stuff earlier. I can remember the guy's name, but David Gemmel, who uh, sadly passed away a couple of years ago. I've read all of his books. Yeah. Um, anything edgy like Trainspotting. Um, yeah. So I read a lot of Stephen King. People think that Stephen King's horror, but it's not just horror. He does a lot of fantasy as well. Yeah. He's written one called um, The Long Walk, which is, for the, the time that it was written, is is just incredible. Um, such a, a great, great book. Thoroughly recommend it. Um, if you've ever seen Battle Royale and what happens in that, you'll like this. A um, hundred children or teenagers, rather, of a certain age are um, put onto a walk. And um, if they stumble three times, then they get shot and killed. Um, and so and it's, it's basically the last person who wins it. So uh, they can't fall asleep or anything like that. Yeah. So it's it's really, really like a really big mind fuck. Cool. Oh uh, yeah, big reader, Harry, I think I asked you this the last time, but my memory's not so good. Are you a big reader yourself? No, I don't read a lot these days. I read much a lot on the internet actually, but I did once consider setting Even. up a book I did once consider setting up a bookstall on the market because it was always my lifelong dream to open up a bookshop. But that was before the internet. You could still do it. I could still do it, yes. yes. You it's could, never too late. Why don't you have a little corner of uh, Stu's cafe selling books? Yes. Sell books? He's actually offered me the opportunity to do that. Ah. Yes. What's that, sorry? It's Stu. Yaks Book Corner. Retro, retro Games, 1979. Yeah. I think that's his channel, yeah. isn't it? Stu. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's open. He's. <laughs> get his plan for opening up a, a cafe, a retro cafe or something. Oh, right. That's interesting. Yes. And I'm going to go and work for him, apparently. At oh. 41 pounds an hour. 45 pounds oh. an hour. Oh, the 45 pounds an hour. That's not a bad That's way, what we're Harry. up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, just to finish up on um, Trainspotting, I, I like that style of... Um, it's a, maybe a different character for every every chapter. 
Um, Begbie in particular, I'd, I'd crack off at Begbie's chapter. Sorry, say again. Sorry, but, John's uh, wife was trolling me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Shank just getting on the street. Yeah, even on the bloody podcast, woman. Uh, no, she's just bought me some sweet chili flavoured coated peanuts. Oh, well, we'll let her off. We'll let her off. Yeah. <laughs> I so, want a woman to bring me coated peanuts. Oh. You can have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought monkeys fans had her. Actually, I'm going to be down in, uh, I don't, don't know why this reminded me of it, but I'm going to be down in Lancashire on Saturday. Huh? Ah, yeah, but, I might uh, see you then. Well, I don't, I'm going to be down in Blackburn. 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 No, Blackburn. I'm not going to be in Blackburn then. Uh, that's where my wife comes from, so... Okay. Um, so I was saying to um, Carl the other day, my favourite wrestler, AJ Styles, is um, wrestling against. Um, he was his contract didn't get renewed by TNA, so he's right. um, he's going loads and loads of independent dates at the moment, and so he's um, he's wrestling at uh, Preston City Wrestling, who Glenn Blunt did a, a documentary on. And uh, at the same time, his um, Carl's favourite wrestler of all time, Papa Shango, aka the Godfather, is wrestling. So, uh, <laughs> oh, train! Yeah, we were talking about maybe going to watch a, a pro wrestling show together. That would be cool. Okay. You could document oh. it on YouTube. Yeah, let's do a two FB episode from there. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, yeah, he'd love that. Get AJ Styles on the next show. AJ Styles appearing on my uh, on my two fat bastards. <laughs> do you guys follow wrestling? I do. Yes. I, I mean, <clears throat> no, no, not at all. <clears throat> yeah, right. Who, who's not your favourite uh, wrestling promotion to watch? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's obviously WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are uh, there any others? Yes. I tell you what. TNA. The, yeah, there's TNA and Ring of Honor. There's a great one in Scotland, in Glasgow. Yeah, I know a guy that... ...ICW. Yeah, I know a guy that this was for them. They're fantastic. Uh, I worked with a guy that this was coming up to watch him. Ooh, well... Who, who is it? What's his name? Uh, I, think it's, uh, I think his name's Jamie Fiedek. Oh, is he one of the... Um, I think, the I think, boys? Um, do you know, it do you be, know who it my favourite wrestler is? Michael Berman. Michael Berman. Berman. He is my favourite wrestler of all time. I think he may be the one match one. <laughs> but he once fought Eddie Guerrero, didn't he? Yes, indeed he did. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I then retired <laughs> from the top. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I I C W. Some of the stuff they pull off is amazing. I'd, I'd love to go and watch them live to see uh, Jester. I know they had Rhino and they had Colt Cabana there recently. Yeah. Um, Weiss did a, a documentary on Grado. And that that was just hilarious, watching that. I he think, is, he's so funny. I think the guy I know that wrestles for him is probably more of a, a jobber than one of the big names, but he definitely wrestles for him. Uh, yeah. Is he just a <laughs> yeah. bloke who turns up? Well, like that time... When, when you become a jobber, so you you lose little matches against people. So when you, you're training to be a wrestler, so he's yeah. in training presumably at the minute, is he, John? Yeah, yeah, I think he's quite new to it. But uh, the, 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 I've seen a YouTube video of him, uh, and he came on. 
he's just a wee skinny guy. <laughs> uh, he came on, he, he started bad-mouthing the audience, and one of the kind of bigger stars came on and started throwing, throwing him about and throwing him into the crowd and all this stuff. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think he, I think he's, um, I think he's good at taking the hits, you know, to, good at uh, taking all the pain, even though it's fake. <laughs> it reminds me of when I used to watch WWE. Yes, it was WWE, yeah. and Sheamus was bre- breaking onto the scene, yeah. and the first match I saw him wrestle was against an Englishman. That was it. He's wrestling. Not the big shot. An Englishman. It was just called an Englishman. And he probably yeah. wasn't even English. It was just some blog. Yeah, they well, do. The, the TA World Champion at the minute is English. He used to be uh, one of the gladiators, the new leader of the gladiators. He used to be Oblivion. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Oblivion. Uh, oh, right. Was yes. he the precursor yeah, the to Skyrim? Uh, possibly. <laughs> No, he he's um he's very talented, Magnus. He's very very good. I uh, I enjoy his matches a lot. There's a there's a guy who, who's done everything in British wrestling who was on there for a while. Um, Doug Williams, John. Yes, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just Doug Williams is British wrestling basically. The, the same as David Boy Smith was British wrestling. I have Doug seen Williams. him. Yeah, I have I have some TNA stuff, and I do remember has him coming on it. Yeah. A little known fact about Davy Boy Smith. Little known fact about Davy Boy Smith. He used to be the only other person that lived in Wigan until he died. (laughs) (laughs) Wade Barrett, uh, he was from Preston. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my brother once. Sorry, go on. Magnus actually hails from the same place as Ashens in Norfolk, and he used to wrestle in Great Yarmouth and all sorts like that. I can just imagine Ashens being a wrestler. <laughs> it's just his hands. <laughs> a hand wrestler. <laughs> He'd make a great um, FPS model, wouldn't he, Ashens? <laughs> He's got it there sorted with the camera. Oh, fantastic. My, uh, my luxury item, John, we should talk about. Yes, I, I was going to go to that, but we got sidetracked by this one. Um, now, let me get this right here. So it's... I know it's a beanbag, but it's what it's called. So I was looking at Wikipedia and I've closed my notes. Sumo. A sumo beanbag chair um, is your luxury yeah. item. Now, I don't want sand in my bum crack. <laughs> so, I'm going to need a chair. If I'm going to play is... a lot of games, I want it to be a couple chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These beanbag chairs. I've never, I've never owned one because it's oh. over £100 for one, but I've sat in them a lot. I'm <laughs> just out for a beanbag. Over, over. Like if you get like the, the big king jobby sumo, it's got to be going on for two hundred pounds, I'd imagine. You can get them like beanbag beds they do and stuff. Um, and they're just so comfortable. You know, yeah. unreal in terms of comfort. I, uh, I always, yeah. If if look it up. You'll, you'll see what I mean. So they they do. Um, in fact, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll tell you what the, the different types that they do. So by and sumolounge.com. Yeah. Give them a little plug. <laughs> well, you're looking at up, Chris. I've been told to tell you that AG Styles hasn't left TNA. It's a work. Slow bollocks. Yeah, it's work. Okay. Um, otherwise, you wouldn't be wrestling for Ring of Honor. Who told you that? 
Oh, I don't know if you can resume Michael my sources. No? Michael. Well, it was, uh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll resume my sources, but um, he might be called Retro One. <clears throat> Moving on. No, no. I, he's, <laughs> I, I honestly don't think that it's a work because he's, he's got that many dates in the future, independent dates, um, and his contract was up at that time. Um, he's, if you know, in the world that we live in now, if things like that are a work today, they, they always get released out. Um, all the wrestlers are commenting on it on podcasts and stuff, saying it's a terrible shame for the company, rah, 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 rah. Um, being honest about it as well. And not only that, but if it was a work, you know, for him to be, he's um, he's really moral based and he's he's very religious, and so he he wouldn't be them be lying to people about it that much. I mean, obviously he's a professional liar because he's a wrestler, but <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he wouldn't. Uh, he was wrestling a Ring of Honor, which is the next promotion down. But I, I I don't know about TNA, but um, WWE certainly uh, do storylines where where wrestlers get sacked or go out of contract, then. They come back in the next couple of weeks. But obviously WWE is a bit more far-fetched than TNA with some of those other lines. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, TNA did have a... What they do is TNA, they, they inject reality into the storylines. Yeah. So, at one point, Kurt Angle, who you'll know, yes. uh, Harry, presumably. Yes. His, his wife left him for the old owner of TNA. In, in reality, that's what happened. She, she left him and, and um, started going out with a guy called Jeff Jarrett, who used to own TNA, big WCW and WWF star. Double G, yep. Yep. Um, the guy who always carried a guitar and hit people over the head with it. Not the honky-tonk man. Um, and um, so they, they, they used that as a storyline, and I think that's almost revolting to <clears> a point. You know, it really sort of sickened me. That to yeah, that is a bit much, isn't it? This, you're feeding off of people's actual misfortunes. And a bit of a bit of breaking news uh, while we're on the topic of wrestling. Um, and before we get to this breaking news, um, to say if anybody's interested, Rangers have just beaten Forth for Athletic 2 0. Congratulations. Rangers have just beaten Forth for Athletic 2 0. I don't pay much attention to Scottish football because I only watch real football. That's just because of its Sky Sports News on in the background. <laughs> Um, Is it still the truth that Rangers and Celtic are the, really the only two teams in Scotland? No, there's 40. Well, I know there's 40, but it's only ever those two who win anything. Well, it's only Celtic, really, because we're in the same division. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, we were relegated. Yeah, we've been relegated down, uh, down, right down to the bottom. We're working our way back up. So. This, this shows my knowledge on Scottish mm. football, doesn't it? Yeah, we've been, we went uh, into liquidation and had to start again, so... I always liked the name of the team, Queen of the South. I always thought, oh, that's a good team. That's a good name. Yeah. Or to give them their, their nickname, the Dunhammers. The Dunhammers. Dunhammers. Anyway, breaking news, we were talking about wrestling, I got sidetracked. Uh, Hulk Hogan has just signed with WWE for WrestleMania. Ah, uh, yay! I saw that coming. You know, yeah. he's out there for the paycheck. Yeah. You know, and let me guess, is he going to be the person that inducts the Ultimate Warrior into the Hall of Fame? By I'm any guessing time? he will do it. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be fighting, but I'm guessing if he is, it's probably going to be against John Cena. If he is fighting, he'll just now, walk into the ring, just 
push a couple of people and then the, jump back the out idea again. That I heard was that it would be the, one of the things that was being pushed around was that you would have Hulk Hogan and John Cena versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and CM Punk. Ooh. You, you had the two loudmouths with the two heroes, like the past and present heroes. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think um, Batista is coming back tonight. Yep, he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, with uh, Alberto Del Rio. Del Rio. Yeah, I like it. Do you know what? I don't think there's anything. I wouldn't. My wife doesn't let me let the kids watch it, but um, and I can understand that. But um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of wrestling. I think it's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. Um, if you had to have one, I know you're not bringing one to your desert island, but if you did have to have to have one wrestling game, what would it be? Ah, now um. There was an N64 wrestling import. It was only ever released in Japan. Um, called I think it's actually called Virtual Wrestling 2. Okay. Um, and it's it's based on um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the roster. Right. But it also had um, a very, very good um, create-your-own-wrestler function. And as well as that, it also um, had a lot of American stars because... A lot of people go and they, they work in America, so Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, um, Chris Jericho, all, all these kind of guys are in there as well. Right. So, um, and it, it's a very, very good technical wrestling game, it, if you like that, you know, with, um, with the moves and stuff, you know, like a lot of them now, it's all about striking, and then once you've striked somebody enough you can get them in a grapple and then do a move and it's very very much like that but there's a hell of a lot of counters and technicalities and stuff like that that goes on there what about yourself harry if you had to take a wrestling game simpsons wrestling <laughs> great choice yeah how about celebrity death match you know go one further yeah well, uh, w- wrestling on the playstation i'm gonna pick wcw mayhem for the ps1 that was awful. Ooh. Is that the one with that one with Goldberg on the cover? I think yes. Stone Cold yes. Steve Austin's on the front cover, isn't he? Oh, they no. cover no. He was. I'm not sure. He was stunning, Steve Austin in WCW, and he was never that big a star. Mm. The um, were you guys back in the day? Were you WCW, WWF, or ECW guys? Um, WWF. Yeah, same here. Uh, I always went between ECW and um, WCW. I just found that ECW was completely insane back in the day. It was really like pushing the boundaries and stuff. Um, and WCW, I just found a bit more Hollywood, maybe. Did WCW have? Oh. They had an evening segment on Channel 5 for a while, didn't they? At 7 o'clock. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that was before all the big sort of changes came over and um, Turner Broadcasting Company took them over, so TNT. Yeah, when I when I first got cable television at my parents' house, there was a TNT channel and it, uh, WCW was on it uh, on, on, on a Friday night, I think it was. Oh, that's, that's, network television. Yeah. that's it. Sorry, TNT is not Channel 5. Yeah. Because it yeah. came on after Cartoon Network. Yes. 
That's right. So yeah. Channel 12 on NTL, I do believe, or what is now NTL. Yeah, it was it was um, Televest, or originally right. United Artists, and then Tele te- Teletext. <laughs> so, um, Televest. Wrestling. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, was a lot of fun. I've got a, I've hopefully maybe tomorrow if I've got time to upload it, but I've got a wrestling game uh, as a playthrough, and I'm aiming to get it on tomorrow. But it depends if I've got time to upload it tonight. But I've just done a wrestling game called. Showdown Legends of Wrestling on the PlayStation 2. Oh, is it good? Um, it's okay. Uh, it's um, it's not as good as the WWE games, I don't think, but it's it's okay. I think I can good. definitely get into it. It's got a, it's got a brilliant um, roster, an absolutely fantastic roster. There's a great YouTuber called um, Sakuraba right. who does um, mostly... What he's known for is fighting games, and he puts in wrestling in there, and he does a little bit of retro as well. Sakuraba1982 is his full name. Um, and some of the, the WWE stuff he does on that with the new WWE game, he replays classic WrestleMania moments, so like Razor Ramon versus um, uh, Bret Hart, um, uh, the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, you know, all these classic matches that he plays on there um, and he does it online against other people and he's talking about the match and stuff and the commentaries after I mean, he's a very very good YouTuber I'd recommend anybody who likes fighting games to check him out I shall check him out yeah, Show- Fight Night and uh, UFC and all that kind of stuff Showdown uh, Legends of Wrestling uh, had Ultimate Warriors in it and it was a year after Here Comes a Pain came out for PlayStation and Here Comes the Pain couldn't get Warrior in the game um, for legal reasons, but Showdown Legends of Wrestling managed to get him. So. Yeah, that's right, yeah. because it, it kind of didn't have any license, did it, that game? And I think they did have the Ultimate Warrior in WWE All Stars, didn't they? Yes, and he's in the latest version as well, 2K14. Ah, very good. Yeah. Very good. So. So we mentioned your beanbag. You, were you looking something up regards to the beanbag, Chris, or did they distract you from doing that? No, no, no. Um, basically, they've, they've got several levels of beanbags. They've got an Omni, um, a Sumo Gamer, a Sumo Sultan, a Suede Single, a Titan, and an Omni Juno. Now, the Titan is the, the big bad boy. That's the one that I need because I'm so fat. Um, <laughs> sit on, and you can have it in Micro Suede or Corduroy. And in Corduroy... It's two hundred and nineteen pounds, but it does come with free shipping. Well, that's something. <laughs> did, did. Um, so it's the the it measures one point eight meters by ninety centimeters by thirty centimeters high. This thing is huge. You know, I I could almost lay down head to toe on it, and I'm six foot two, so it is massive. Are you really six foot two? You didn't. You don't look that big on on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite tall, aren't I, Harry? And what yes. surprised me was how short everyone was at Play Expo. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I'm only five foot ten. Mm. I think I'm about five eleven, something like that. So now I'm a I'm a big unit. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming to the last five minutes of the show. Uh, it automatically chucks you out after your time's up. So. Um, Chris, what's your, obviously I know your channel, but for those of you that are listening, uh, what's your channel, 
you have, you have uh, it's, it's youtube.com forward slash forward slash Chris Heaney 84 um, there's I suppose if I look up on uh, on my channel now the recent videos um, there, there's a pickup video with a spectrum and um, a oh, bloody hell what is it down there another old computer Tandy um, I've not really done many old computer videos but I do um, I'm trying to do a video a day at the minute so I've got a vlog um, a surprise pickup video uh, a video response to 16-Bit Brothers about the best games of last year with Nathan and Zoe um, some Let's Plays in fact Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels is on there um, there's a Q&A on there lots and lots I'm trying to do uh, a video a day at the minute yes which uh, I think is doing alright actually at the minute and yes. I've got up to 263 subscribers and I've just um, done over 10,000 views Congratulations. So, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't have a sound. I'm sure there might be a sound effect for that somewhere, but I can't. No, that didn't work. Where did Homer Simpson come from then? We should get him on Desert Island Games next week. What's <laughs> Yeah, what's your watch the items? Duff beer and donuts. <laughs> Last year I did uh I had a charity tattoo, I've got Chuck Rock tattooed on my back. Uh raised seven hundred and fifty pounds for the Asperger's Charity Foundation. Um so yeah, that that was really good. My son uh, was diagnosed with uh, Asperger's so I did something like that for him. Yeah. So, um and that was all live streamed in fact. Yeah. Um I'm also part of the most controversial show in the retro gaming community, uh, The Two Fat Bastards, with a chap called Woodland37. I do highly recommend it. I've uh, I've watched uh, most of your videos recently as well, Chris. But Harry, anything you want to promote or say about your channel or Retro One in general? Yes, as it happens, we have another live stream coming up this Friday, half past eight. Details to follow. We're going to upload a trailer, I'm sure. Steve's sort that. So yes, look out <laughs> for that, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some Am I invited, Harry? Am I allowed on? <laughs> we'll have to see. I've not sent round the emails yet. I've been on the <laughs> screen. <laughs> hey, that's Friday night, um, Harry, yes? That's correct. Yeah. This Friday, the 24th of January, 2014, at half past eight, GMT. I should say to a uh, podcast that myself and a friend is going to be releasing here on Blog Talk Radio, part of Retro Unlimited Radio. Oh, cool. Uh, Excellent. 
Well, I spoke to um, them about today called the Retro Renaissance Podcast. Um, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, we sort of flirted with the idea last year, but we never really took it off the ground. So um, this year we're going to come back, me and my friend Tom, um, and I'm going to go through the details of him with that later on. But Tom's um, a great guy. He's very technically minded. He knows his history about video games. So it's kind of I'm the mouthpiece and, and he's the, the historian, if you will. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that podcast and whether or not it was coming back. I'm, I'm actually sus- subscribed to it on um, iTunes at the moment. Anyway, we're wrapping up, guys. We've got 10 seconds left. So thanks again, guys, for coming on. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate no, it. No problem. And good night, one and all. Good night.